0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode of Oldie But A Goodie is brought to you by Shakespeare Aliens. The Runaway Stage Show Hit is back at Gasworks Theatre for Melbourne Fringe this October. Keep listening to this episode for more info on how you can see Shakespeare Aliens.
1: Imagine a year where an entire movie is made to advertise the comics. Have you read the comics? Did you know this fact? This fact was in the comics. Go read the comics. Um,
2: actually, the comics were inspired by the game. And what year was that, Zach?
3: <laughs> the year is 2001. One. 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 one.
2: Welcome to Oldie But A Goodie. Uh, It's the podcast where we watch movies from 2001 in the order they came out in. And when I say movies, I don't just mean theatrical movies, because we do direct-to-video trash as well. Mm. This week, we're talking about one of those. It's Tremors 3. My name is Sandro.
1: I'm joined by Zach, as always. Uh, Yeah, trash is a very strong term. Might be appropriate, but it's a strong term.
2: <laughs> on this episode, uh, we are joined by uh, who was our Arnie expert on our mm. previous two episodes? With him, that's right. Now, more of a more of an underground uh, seismology expert. Ah, I
4: see what you did there.
2: Uh, we are joined by Robert from Crooked Table Productions. How are you doing?
4: I'm doing good, guys. Yeah, I, when we talked about having me back on for 2001. I even checked and I was like, damn, no Arnold movie in 2001. All right. Because yeah. I wasn't unclear. I know collateral damage is the year after. So I was like, oh, crap. Well, if they do 2002, I'll have to come back for that or something.
2: Mm. But no, with 2001, yep. no Arnie movies to be found. Uh, he was probably busy um, on a yacht somewhere. <laughs> Exactly. But instead, I was like, well, what do you want to do? And I gave you a whole bunch of movies, and you were like, oh, Tremors, that'd be pretty fun. And so um, you're here to talk about Tremors 3. Now, this is a sequel, Zach, uh, a sequel, and you chose it, but because you've only chosen sequels this year, it kind of feels like. Yeah. I was like, look, I've seen Tremors recently, I'll watch 2 and 3 for the episode, you just watch 3, take a chill pill, you know what I mean, just relax.
1: mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I got the good end of the stick there, to be honest. <laughs> I feel like the context of the first two movies could have really helped me here.
2: Yeah, I was thinking that while while watching it. I was like, oh, this is not an entry-level movie at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel like... Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but the main character of this one was a side character that popped in on occasion in the other ones. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah, the character of uh, of Bert I really won't let the franchise die. Uh, he became the main star, and um, for good or ill, who knows? We'll talk about that later, but Robert, you actually watched all three of them as well, didn't you? Oh,
1: wow.
4: I did. I had seen the first one, oh, like, a while ago. And then rewatched it recently for this. And then the second and third films uh, were first time watches for me. And it's interesting because by the time you get to this, this is where Michael Gross' Burt Gummer sort of becomes the lead of the entire franchise Mm. uh it's you've already gone through kevin bacon left after the first one fred ward left after the second one so they're like who do we have left who's willing to come back (laughs) for this and uh michael gross just you know rode this tremors train in through what seven movies i think thus far that he's in pretty much all of them and the tv show so you know good on him i guess
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's going to be another one, but there was uh, a film two years ago in this franchise, and he was still in it, so... Yeah, uh, he's he's really writing the um the tremor worm, much like uh, Paul Atreides. He's writing the worm <laughs> um, to ruin the entire world, just like in Dune. Nice. Not- uh,
1: That's a little one for the book readers out there. Zach, what did you think of Tremors Three? <laughs> or the or the moviegoers, seeing as the movie most recently came out. <laughs> <laughs> well. I watched this movie uh taking a 3 hour bus ride back home yesterday and I'm not sure if that improved or <laughs> I'm not sure if that swayed my opinion. I don't know. I mean some movies can be improved by watching them
2: on a the plane.
1: Yeah. I I feel like it added to the a- aesthetic because it was like, you know, I was stuck in a rickety bus mm. all the uh, all the way home. I was uh, uh, at this movie, mm, I don't know. <laughs> was it was it a long bus ride
4: or did it go by very quickly? I it guess was a,
1: it, l- it was three hours in a bus.
4: But did the movie make it feel like it went by faster? I guess is where I'm, I'm trying to get to.
1: No, <laughs> this felt like a very slow bus ride. So, <laughs> <Okay>. Um But. <laughs> Like, I was stuck in this bus with this movie. It was my only entertainment I had. I was like, oh, I'll just watch this movie here. Like, you know, I was forcing myself to watch this movie. And um on one hand, I liked the cheesy corniness of it. On the other hand, I felt no, like, emotions towards the character. I felt I was zero invested in any of these yeah. characters. I was like... Oh look! Someone died. Great. <laughs> Finally, some action. You know, it it it's weird because the movie keeps flip flopping between doing nothing and action with the 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 uh, Tremors. Yeah, I mean, it's like,
2: the mo- and it's the same with Tremors, too. The only reason these movies exist is to show you another evolution in the Graboid mm. uh, uh, life. No, yeah, But, like, that's the only reason this movie exists, and the evolutions are, like, the worst part of the franchise. So, I'm just here, and I'm like, I- I'm bored by everything.
1: Oh, yeah, I was confused, because it's like... All right, now we're moving to the air now. And I thought the whole thing with them is it's scary that they're underground, you know? That you don't know where they are sort of thing, but they're... They're in the sky and you can see them, and also they're easily defeatable by multiple means, question mark.
2: I mean I feel like I feel like it's meant to be a parody of monster movies, but the problem is it is in itself a bad monster movie, so yeah. I don't know if the parody
1: necessarily <laughs> works. I enjoyed a lot of it, but I was also bored for a lot of it as well.
4: Well it it I think it trades a lot on the first movie. Like this is this feels like a more direct sequel to the first film then the second one. The second one is more of a, a side quill where you're like, hey, let's take one character and follow them on their journey. Yeah. This one has not only Burt Gummer, but then the return of like, I don't know, four or five other returning cast members from the original film, set back in the town where the original movie happened. And so it, it in a way, it's like kind of bringing this trilogy full circle, I guess, as it were. It, so it, in that regard, I think it's just trading on the nostalgia that people have for the first movie. Uh, but Zach, having watched this uh, out of context, no wonder you're like, "Oh, poor what's his name?" Yeah, yeah. We, we, we hardly <laughs> knew you.
1: <laughs> it's like I liked, I liked Bert. Yeah, he was he was
4: cool. I'm I'm down with him. Yeah, but it's also like with the evolutions of the graboids. It's the, the part of for me. And depending when people are listening to this, it's I'm either just finishing or just finished the Muppets mega series on my show Franchise Detours. Mm. Uh, the, the puppetry, the practical effects of the first movie is part of the appeal. And the more they evolve these creatures, the, the more they lean on crappy CG instead of practical effects. Yeah. And I think that's part of the problem here.
1: The practical, all the practical effects were great. Yes, absolutely. I loved. I loved whenever it was practical effects because I was like, "Oh, thank God, it's not <laughs> the shitty CGI. They're using some practical effects here. It looks great. the practical effects look great? It's it's fun. And then yeah, they go back to the sh- sh- shitty CGI fart monsters flying around. <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs> It was funny. It was funny, but yeah.
2: It's interesting as well that the majority of the, um, the Graboids, the sandworms, uh, the majority of them in this movie are CG, but I feel like it would just be cheaper to use those puppet prop things, even if they're miniatures. Just use that. Yeah. It, it'll be cheaper, right? Mm. Surely that's cheaper than having every Graboid be CG in the film, aside from a couple close-ups. I don't know. I agree. But that definitely annoyed me a lot in this movie. Um, And the second one, too. So, very quickly, uh, yeah, I saw the first one a little while ago. Love it. It's great. Uh, Classic. Honestly, the first one being so good makes these sequels worse. If the first one was just, like, an okay monster movie that, for some reason, there's heaps of sequels for, I think the sequels might be better. Mm. But because that first one is incredible uh, and just a lot of fun, uh, it makes the sequels worse.
4: What what do you think is the, the difference? What does the first one have that the sequels lacked because for me i think it's it's sort of the the sequels try and lean into the campy b movie like they try and 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 be too in on the joke i think the first one it obviously is fun and is light it is silly but it's also kind of has half a foot in that sort of the the it's in that legit monster movie terrain where there are suspenseful moments where these other other ones, it's just like everything's silly, everything's ridiculous, everything's, you know, has a goofy name, ass blasters and things like that. Where it's just like, none of this is serious. Don't bother. It's all bullshit. You know? Yeah. I think the first one. Yeah.
1: That's definitely what I felt watching this as like, I know what they're trying to do, which is lean into more of the just silly goofiness of the whole thing. But I like the balance of horror and comedy, right? Like the halfway between point, and they've definitely leaned more. Like I, I wanted more horror in this in this film. You yeah. know, I wanted them to be scary. But literally, like at the end, he's like playing with the fucking tremor monster. You know, it's like, oh, we're gonna keep him around because he's our best friend now. <laughs> like, what? What is? What is happening? Yeah. Also, I'll I'll note. I still don't know what the second form looks like.
2: Oh, good. Never look it up. It's the worst thing. (laughs) (laughs) The Shriekers, yeah. Uh, They're like tiny t like They've got like two legs. Uh, They're like T-rexes like that. They might have two small arms at the front.
4: Crappy raptors, I don't know, but like smaller, I don't
2: know. (laughs) Yeah, smaller raptors, I guess. And then the Arse blasters are actual proper raptors. I don't... It's bad. The the second one... (laughs) The second one was, like, kind of fun for the first half hour because it features, um... Fred Ward? Is that his name? It features him going around just blowing up, like, so many... So many worms for, like, half an hour.
4: And that guy just coasts on his charisma on screen like in that first one and in the second one like he's fun and compelling to watch regardless yeah because that character has that sort of like oh this whole thing again i can't believe you know I, that's a lot more fun of an energy to bring to it than burt gummers sort of like uber american like oh we need to blow them all to hell kind of I, I don't know i i find earl the the fred ward character a lot more fun of a, of a figure to follow into the into these uh battles than than Bert Gummer, personally.
2: Yeah, no, I do agree. Although mm. I hated the replacement that they brought in for Kevin Bacon in the second one, that like annoying psychic yes. character. Oh, He's yeah. so much more worse yeah. than Jack in, in the uh, in the third film. Absolutely. Uh but yeah, that's kind of the second one, Zach, is there's worms and then they find one that's like broken open and there's a bunch of tiny Shriekers inside Yeah And these ones They can walk on land But they can't
1: see They only use heat
2: yeah, yeah So they
1: gotta hide Well I got Got that bit Cause the ass blasters Do that as well So
4: And they reproduce Asexually So they just eat A lot of food And then uh, They just like You know Multiply The Shriekers
1: Cause that was The plot point For like The second half Ish Was like Right We've gotta capture These things Before they eat stuff Otherwise they multiply And then it's revealed that the ass blasters, like, go into a coma if they eat. So it's like the opposite. Ha ha. Irony. <laughs> I, look, there's <laughs> some stuff
2: to lack like in these sequels. But honestly, uh, my first impression is uh, just watch the first one and stop there, maybe.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I think I that sounds right. And having seen these first three, I'm like, there's four more of these things. Because the, the crazy thing is that I like the first one. But there are people that really like the first one. Like, there's an intense cult following for that first movie. And, you know, I I get it for that movie. Like, I don't feel that necessarily that strongly about it, like a lot of fans do. But I, there's something about that first movie, like we touched on, the balance of horror and comedy and, and you know, the ensemble cast and Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward and all that, that I think makes it fun to watch. But then, I don't know. I don't know if am I... Affinity for the first one <laughs> extends to six more sequels. If this is the third one, it makes me worried what six and seven are like, for example. Uh, I, I There are still some good
1: ideas here. I think the problem is that they seem, they are too familiar with the horror.
2: Yeah. They're
1: like, oh, it's just a tremor thing. Everybody get on a rock. All right, we're going to have to sit here, you know, for ages till it goes away. Like, they're, they're very familiar. There's no horror in it. Until they get to the ass blasters, and then they're like, oh shit, now they can fly, now they can do this. And we have that, like, they're bashing indoors and stuff, and they're running around. You know, I wish that was the start of the movie. <laughs> it
4: also, you start to get to a point where this, with these movies, that it feels kind of derivative of better creature movies. They're mm-hmm. the heat sensor thing makes me think of Predator. I feel yep. one of them either bled or secreted acid at one point, which felt very alien to me. And I'm like, you're just ripping off movies that are way better than you, and the and betraying what was novel about this franchise in the beginning, which is like we were saying earlier, the sort of underground threat that like you could just be walking around and it could just swallow you up from you know under the ground. Mm, and I think that yeah. is a legitimate you know uh, strong premise for a, a creature feature. And it, by the time you get to even the third one, they're already diluting that thing to hell.
2: But anyway, we'll get into more detail. Uh, in a second, but um, first, Zach, you did pick this movie. I did. Uh, and before we started recording, uh, Robert, you were asking uh, what other movies came out this week in 2001. What actual movies? Well, there were a bunch of them, and I watched one of them, Ooh. which I will mention last. But the options that I didn't watch were uh, Max Keeble's Big Move. Uh, it's about a guy called Max. He learns that he's going to move towns, and so he tries to get even with the bullies that bullied him.
4: That's his big move? Yep. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I. I don't. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, serendipity. Uh, rom-com. New Yorker. British person. Fall in love. You've. It's. It's a popular one. Uh, we have nothing to add to the narrative of that movie. Training Day. <laughs> training Day. Denzel Washington has to train Ethan Hawke during an eventful day in the LAPD.
4: Wait. Wait. Wait a minute. So we're talking about Tremors three over Training Day. Is that what we're saying?
2: Yeah. Look. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay, someone someone has some uh, explaining to do yeah. about that because I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah. What was the rationale, Zach? You you picked this one, so what was your what was your rationale for why Tremors three?
1: Uh, I wanted to see Tremors one more than this film, so I don't know.
2: I think you also wanted a horror because we're in october now so
1: yeah yeah oh that's right yeah, yeah yeah we were like oh it's october let's do like a horror movie you know that explains it yeah. i was kind of on the horror mind maybe that skewed my thoughts about this movie because i'm like oh well, it'll be a horror movie
2: well <laughs> makes sense what you should have picked then if you wanted a horror movie was joyride which i watched Ooh. uh which is about paul walker from fast and furious he and his friend they prank a truck driver And then the truck driver relentlessly chases them down on the streets. And it's a horror film with a truck. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's uh, uh, so funny. It was very good. (laughs) It was like funny and trashy, but it was also pretty well shot. It's written by J.J. Abrams as well. So it was kind of Ah, tongue in cheek. It's back when he was doing like more horror stuff. It's surprisingly really good. You never see the truck driver, which made it very scary mm. when the truck driver's chasing them down in some cornfields. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh,
1: oh scary truck. <laughs> was, was it like that uh, one alien movie that we watched, the Parasite one?
2: It was like that one scene that we loved in that alien yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. Yeah. Oh, man, I wish we'd done that one then. So anyway, you should have picked that. But you picked Tramers 3, which came out October 1st, direct to video Like every single sequel to the Tremors franchise. It's interesting that no sequel ever went to cinemas.
1: It might be almost part of the joke as well, I feel. How so? Because they're meant. They're like comedy, but meant to be sort of trashy, you know? So, like. It's part of the joke that they're just releasing these DVD... Like, the direct-to-DVD sequels sort of thing, you know?
2: Yeah.
4: They're kind of like cash grabs and they know it. Yeah. And so they're just like, yeah, you know what you're here to see.
1: It's like they're embracing it rather than shying away from it. You know what I mean? Right.
2: Um, th- this one is directed by Brent Maddock, uh, who actually wrote the first two movies with uh, his writing partner, S.S. Wilson. Uh, and Wilson directed the second one. So both writers of the first one directed the the second and the third one. Um, but neither of them wrote this one. Ah. They only had story by credits. Someone else wrote Tremors 3. <laughs>
1: that explains a lot. <laughs> ah, I'm glad I joined us for this one. Great. Yeah.
2: <laughs> they actually stuck with the franchise for another... Uh, well, they did the TV show and then I think they did four. And then they called it quits. Um, but they are. They've written some other good stuff. They wrote Short Circuit. That's a good. That's a good movie. They wrote Wild Wild West. That's a. That's a bad movie. Anzac. No,
1: that's a great movie. <laughs> Shut your mouth, Paul. How
2: dare you? And Zach, They co-wrote with Brad Bird. Batteries not included, which we oh. did last year, and you hated.
1: Nice. Great. Let's go back to Wild Wild West. That movie is
3: fantastic. <laughs>
2: The cast is mainly Michael Gross as Burt Gummer. Uh, yeah, side character in the first one. Slightly more prominent in the second one, kinda. And now he's the main character. Uh, he's also known for a sitcom called Family Ties, um, which I think I've seen an, an episode of. Yep. He Yeah, he he really rode this franchise. And I mean, he, he works in an action role. So I can see why... You know, he didn't get any other big hits as an action hero star, so I can see why he won't let this franchise die, because it's, you know, oh, it's my action franchise, I must run it into the ground, because I love doing this character. Mm. Um, that's all fair enough, and he's good, but also, you're a side character from the first one.
1: <laughs> yeah, Um. it's, it's weird, because I, I liked his character, uh, and I'm like, this, this,
3: this character's alright, he's alright, yeah,
1: I don't know, he's alright. It's just, uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe he needs better supporting characters.
4: Well, definitely. Yeah, I think that's definitely part of it. It's also he he's because he's such a like extreme sort of survivalist, like right wing type character. Like he was not ne- he was never meant to be the lead of anything. No way. But at this point, after the original cast, like none of those people, you know, none of the main heroes. Chose to come back, so they're like, I guess Burt Gummer will be the will be our hero, and so it's this movie <laughs> trying to kind of s- squeeze him into this leading man action hero role, which he was never really meant to fit. And I don't, I don't know if it necessarily a hundred percent works, but I mean, I don't really know. With a lot of things in this movie work, it's just it's like the best they had at that point.
1: Yeah, it's it's weird because I feel like he should be more like. Like, prepared for things. Because they show him super prepared for things, but then he's never prepared for anything. Yeah, they
2: really dumbed him down in the sequel, and then slightly more so here as well.
1: Right, yeah. yeah. He has this, like, underground wall... That stops the, the like, grab. He has all these things that like, he's prepared for. And then he goes out in the field with barely any ammunition in his guns and like, leaves his walkie talkie behind to get like, stuck behind a grab. Like, he, he seems like they want to show him as a smart planner, but then he's not a smart planner. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's weird. Well, this thing
4: keeps evolving. I mean, how do he, how is he supposed to know there's a third. Uh, third sec- part of the life cycle where where the <laughs> exactly. ass blasters yeah. come from yeah. so that, that's the thing because the second one does something similar the second one does something similar where he has like a truck full of ammunition and none of it, you know, it all kind of goes to waste fighting the shriekers so that's, I think, kind of a running thing in this film
1: that that makes sense but he still struggles with the, the, the underground one though
4: yeah, yeah, it's true he, he, at least he gets swallowed, so there's, like, some some mm. consequences for that. That was and, great. Which was that, that was a pretty fun sequence, yeah.
2: Yeah, no, I quite like that scene, actually. Uh, yeah, his sidekick this time around is Jack Sawyer, uh, played by Sean Christian, uh, who is in a lot of TV. Uh, the main TV show that kind of stood out to me was the Birds of Prey TV show that no one remembers, and those that do remember absolutely hate, uh, which is where Batman went missing and it was like huntress and oh that was batgirl in that maybe Uh, i it's from the Mm. like late i think she
4: was uh i think she might have been in the wheelchair she was oracle i think at that point because i'm vaguely familiar Mm. with that show though i didn't watch it at the time
2: yeah i think it came out like around the time of um of smallville and they were trying to like cash in on the whole oh superhero tv shows are back uh but they did not have the budget that that show needed so it did not work (laughs) Oh, yeah, Harley Quinn was in it, but she wasn't really Harley Quinn as well. Nice. It was a it, it was a whole thing. Anyway, he's in that uh, and, and some other stuff. He doesn't return to the franchise, interestingly enough. But, I mean, as a sidekick, he's better than the guy in number two. And then, uh, as you mentioned earlier, lots of returning characters. Um, Ariana Richards, uh, who plays Lex Murphy in Jurassic Park. She returns as the child character Mindy from the first one. She's a teenager now, I think, or 20... I, I don't know how old she's meant to be. I would hope 20. Uh, Charlotte Stewart from Twin Peaks is also there as a mum. Uh, Melvin's back for some reason.
1: <laughs> uh, I'll say, the, the main sidekick guy, he's there with his brother for the first bit. Yes. As like a, a scam artist, you know? Yeah. They're like, doing these tours in this area with, with Graboids, but they're faking it, right? Yep. So... First, he's not very endearing, right? Like, he's scabbing people. He's a bad person. Then his brother dies, and he is just not cut up about it at all. Like, (laughs) his brother or friend or whatever is never mentioned ever again in the movie after he gets eaten. So, like, I wasn't exactly endeared to this character, let's say.
4: No. I I did The whole idea that brought him in, though, the, like, the Graboid... Uh, safari angle, I thought was a pretty smart way of yeah. of uh, of going meta with this franchise because yeah. th- in this one because we're going back to the town where the the whole thing started in the first movie, there's comic books, the perfection has become like a tourist attraction, and everybody's got like Graboid t-shirts and stuff like that. And so the fact that there's a safari that feels, you know, I'm in Florida here near Universal Studios, so it felt very much like the old Jaws ride. Like, <laughs> oh no, watch out, it's coming around the corner. You know, so I thought that was a pretty fun kind of introduction to that character, uh, even though, yeah, it doesn't necessarily paint him in the best light.
1: I wish there was more of a tourist angle where they had to like do all this running around, but they also had to do all this running around with the tourists and keep the tourists alive the whole time. I think that would have been funny. No, that
4: would have been a good.
1: And you have like that one kid that's like the nerd character who knows everything about them, you know?
2: Actually, I think you'll <laughs> find in issue three that if you oh, hide from Shriekers.
1: My- yeah, I think that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you could have a bit where the kid's like he's really confident because he's like read the comic books. It's like, hey, they can't hear you on this, this, this. And then he gets eaten and it's like, don't believe what you read, kids, you know?
2: <laughs> No, that's good. That's a good kind of twist as well because I, I don't think any other horror franchise has even gotten that meta before, which is like fans of the franchise yeah, yeah. going up against the villain. That's not like even in Scream, they haven't done that.
1: Oh, yeah, that would be great to have like fans of the graboids but then of course we have the ass blasters right and the fans have no idea what they do you know and one of them there is
2: like uh it's a bit trite it feels dumb before to quote (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 last week yeah uh this has got 80 percent on rotten tomatoes from the critics that's only from five reviews though so it's
4: all like tremorous fan websites or something
2: I think so. Yeah.
1: What's the audience rated this one? 34
2: oh, percent. Yeah, yep. no, <laughs> uh, not not positive. When you get more than five people reviewing it, um, five point three out of ten on IMDb. 2 Yeah. I, people. I. I don't know. Audiences <laughs> are like Michael Gross is good. I couldn't get a really a real read. Because I only looked at the critic reviews, obviously. I had a brief look at the letterbox reviews, and it's like half a star
1: and five stars the whole <laughs> way through. So I don't know. There's- I don't know. Either you really like Tremors or you don't.
4: That's what I'm saying, guys. People that are into Tremors are really into Tremors, and the rest of us are like, I don't know. It's good. I don't know. What do you want from us? Look,
1: I, I like the concept of film, I like the sort of evolution angle. You said that was like the worst part, but I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. You got this evolving monster. You could do a lot with that, you know. Are,
4: are there more life? I have so many questions for four, five, six, and seven of this franchise, though. They're like, are there more life cycles of this of this creature? Do they go underwater next? Like, what is does El Blanco, the the big albino uh, tremor, uh graboid that looks like a penis? Like, yep. let's be real. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> much so much so more than the other ones it was distracting I actually watched these three movies with my wife because she's she's closer to the like intense tremors fan yeah. base than I am uh, she really likes the first one and I think it's it's good but not great uh so we watched the three of them and I I, I had to I pointed it out to her I was just like that's it's distracting <laughs> that there's a giant penis <laughs> coming out of the ground right now because it doesn't it's it's a different design than the other graboids. It's a different design than the other grab and I feel like that's all they came up with. It's just yeah. like it's got you know the it just looks like a circumcised penis, and that's what we got.
1: I I hope that in later ones it just becomes super large. It's this giant penis. It gets bigger one,
4: the more you, know? you the more you uh, stimulate it. I guess.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. In terms of the sequels,
2: there's like the TV show after this, which is it's like a different cast. I think Jamie Kennedy and Christopher Lloyd are in it, and then Michael Gross. Comes in near the end, I think. Then there was, like, a Western prequel, which is the fourth one. Yeah. It's a Western prequel, but, like, with Michael Gross still playing, like, a cowboy version of Burt. So, I don't even (laughs) know what that is. It took a long break, came back in 2015 with, like, a remake of maybe the first one, Jamie Kennedy from Screams there. Then they went to, like, the snow for one and then the most recent one set on like an island with the guy that plays napoleon dynamite so i've got no idea what that one's about (laughs) wow
1: the snow (laughs) would make sense i like that
2: yeah that one could be fun i don't know about it being set on an island but i mean kong skull island was great so maybe they do something similar like like that i don't know i don't know Ah. there
1: you go yeah i i liked the ideas that they had I liked that they had these evolving creatures they didn't but they didn't utilize them in a good horror way that's what I and a creature that keeps evolving, keeps changing, and other things, you know, has all these stages, is a great horror monster. Yeah, it's a good because you monster. don't know what it's going to do next. There's that dread of what comes next, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, but they just they, they don't really go into that, which is sad. I liked the idea of this albino one that wasn't changing into its other forms because it was like sterile. So it was just getting bigger. <laughs> you know, it was just this big ass. Uh, graboid thing, you know. Yeah, it was. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. <laughs> but yeah, I liked the ideas. It just it felt like they weren't utilized well. No, it could have been a lot better.
4: It's essentially a horror comedy franchise, but this one is not scary enough to be horror, nor really funny enough to be comedy. So you're <laughs> like, what exactly are you trying to do? Yeah, yeah
2: it feels like a uh, it's, feels like a sci-fi original movie, you know, like Fire Tarantula versus Water Snake. It feels like that mm. little level of... Like a, a fan-made movie,
1: almost. Like it only exists for the irony, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. 100%. But yeah, I I still enjoyed it. I still had fun with it when they weren't sitting around doing nothing, but I feel like there was just there was a lot of nothing as well.
2: Yeah, it's the same with the second one. They're very slow. <laughs> They're very slow moving movies. Uh, there's a bunch of taglines, I don't know how much it cost, obviously, because it's direct-to-video, I don't know how much it made, because it didn't play in cinemas, but I do have taglines, so I've got that much, um...
1: Alright, let's, let's hear some taglines.
2: Yeah, thumbs up, thumbs down to each tagline, the first tagline is, they're back... Boo.
1: (laughs) Yeah, boo. Thumbs down. (laughs) What's back? They're back? Wow, I hope so. (laughs) I'm going to see the movie. I hope so, in this movie called Tremors 3, that the bad things are back. (laughs) Oh, they should totally do a Tremor movie without any Tremors (laughs) whatsoever.
4: No Tremors, just Bert, like, hanging out on a Sunday afternoon.
1: (laughs) Yeah, just just for an hour and a half. That would be incredibly funny, but also the worst. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Uh, Okay, what about... The food chain just grew another link. Better? Better,
4: better than their back. But um, yeah, yeah. chains don't just spontaneously grow links. <laughs> so I don't know. The <laughs> logic there is kind of lacking for me. Yeah. But I, I
2: guess a half step in the right direction. Uh, and then the final one is... And you thought they were deadly before. Oh, God. God. I feel like they were more deadly before. I don't
1: know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's kind of a problem with this film is that they don't find them really deadly.
4: <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, yeah, that doesn't work either. I like the, the food chain one, which if you look at IMDb is, is like the, the one that's on the, the box of the DVD or whatever. Uh, that, that definitely is the best of the three. And yeah. that's not even that great to begin with. <laughs> no. But yeah, rough.
3: William Shakespeare is known for writing many different styles of plays. He did tragedy. He did comedy. He did tragedy mixed with comedy. But he never did science fiction. <laughs> From the mind of Rob Lloyd and the pen of Keith Gow comes a play that aims to fix that. Shakespeare Aliens. It's James Cameron's Aliens live on stage in the style of William Shakespeare. After a hit run of shows during the start of the year, we're back this October for the Melbourne Fringe Festival. Join us for an hour of action, tension, and puppetry as our cast of characters try to escape the horrors of LV 426. Featuring performances from friends of the show Cassandra Hart, Danny McGinley. Oh my god! (laughs) The two voices you're hearing right now. Hi, we're Zach and Law. As well as direction from frequent guest Rob Lloyd.
1: As an oldie, I take offence to that.
3: (laughs) And sound design from one of the hosts of this show. Do I do commercial radio promo voice? No. Shakespeare Aliens at the Melbourne Fringe Festival. That's October 11th to October 15th, 9pm at Gasworks Theatre. Head to melbournefringe.com.au for more, or check out the link in the episode description.
2: I mean, I guess we can go through the plot of this film. It doesn't, I mean, it kinda has one. Oh, no, 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 it does open with, like, you wouldn't steal a TV sort of font. Mm. That that, um, anti-piracy ad that we had in australia i don't know if it was in the u.s though it was like an anti-piracy ad that played before dvds and stuff and it was like um really intense music yeah yeah that's that's i think that sounds familiar the font that they used for the credits was the same font as that ad mm, there you go there you go uh and yeah it, the the movie i think for you zach would immediately have been confusing because it's like But he's on TV, he's hunting shriekers, right? And so, like, they just drop a bunch of exposition, like, yeah, it's already evolved into a bunch of shriekers, oh, here they come, I'm gonna mow them down with my, like, anti-aircraft gun. And I feel like you probably would have already been like, oh, what are these things?
1: Yeah, no, it it was a little bizarre because I was expecting, again, I was expecting more horror in this film. So when they just pull out the, oh, yeah, uh, we're just here to kill them. Oh, there they are. Don't get worried. And then the news crew's like, oh, look out. Like, the news crew was all scared, but then you have Cocky Burt there, and I'm like, ah, this guy's going to get his comeuppance because he's too confident, you know? Mm-hmm. yep. That sort of thing. But, uh, no, his confidence was well-placed as he just he just kind of wrecks them.
4: Well, that's, th- that's the problem with these movies, that they keep kind of writing themselves into a corner where every movie... They encounter, you know, the, the either the regular Graboids or then the Shriekers and then now the Ass Blasters. And every movie they're just like, oh, okay, we figured out how to solve this problem. And so every movie they have to start all over again. Well, like, well, shit, we need a new creature for <laughs> yeah. them to be like, what? It does that now? Yeah. And, and they, they just like completely desensitize themselves so that... It's not, you know, the characters have have to, you have to start to start from square one every film.
1: Yeah, definitely. Right, I see, yeah, yeah, that's the way that, yeah, yeah, which is a weird situation to be in. I feel like, it's like, they, they're just not scared. Yeah, I think the, the
2: way that I would fix the problem is, like, you keep taking these new evolutions to places that we've seen before, or like, low population areas, and I know that that's because of, um, the budget, but, like, an ideal Tremors sequel would be, oh, no, it's heading towards a city. Right. Right? That would be the ideal sequel, surely. Surely that's the proper evolution of the franchise. Mm.
4: If they had the budget to pull that off. Well, yeah. If, yeah, if they had the budget, then then maybe. But can you imagine the level of CG if they tried to have this in, like,
2: a major city? That would be pretty... F- Funny. <laughs> I
1: just, I just immediately thought of like a Godzilla situation. We have the, the giant penis, penis world.
4: Godzilla, or like Birdemic style, where it's just like pasting <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the yeah. frame
1: and just giant giant fucking worm cgi (laughs) smashing buildings like eating buildings and stuff hell yeah that could be pretty funny
2: maybe that's what we need we need the halloween treatment to tremors just a sequel to the first one we get kevin bacon back we get fred ward back um anyone who's alive comes back it's directed by roland emmerich and it's giant penis worm attacks (laughs) new york
4: (laughs) that's the subtitle right
2: there yeah yeah (laughs) And Gerard Butler's in it, sure, why not? Of course he is. <laughs> we got. oh, stop the worm! Is that how it <laughs> talks? I don't know. <laughs> that was perfect, yeah, wow. So we go back to Perfection, the town of Perfection. Uh, I like how, and I only just made the connection earlier, I like how with, um, with this movie, it's like, oh no, the real estate people are, are going to come in, they're going to build their buildings, people are going to move in, they're going to ruin this town, which is the same plot as Batteries Not Included. <laughs> So, I guess these writers are just really anti-real estate people. Plus, what
1: ruin what town? It's like two rickety-ass buildings <laughs> in, this, in these movies. There's like uh, two buildings and one of them gets blown up in this movie. There's now one <laughs> yeah. building in this yeah. whole town. Yeah. And you need two to be at least a town, surely.
4: <laughs> that's the rule. Yeah, exactly. You need two buildings to be a town. No, they have this store, this like kind of general store, and that's pretty much... The only part of the town that we really see anyway. So it's like, what exactly? You would would think if the movie, if the stakes are, we have to save this town, we would maybe, I don't know, see a little bit more of the town than just, like, desert and one store. Oh, no,
1: this shitty backwater... town with like five people living in it's gonna be you know kicked out oh no the stakes are so high for this movie
4: that's kind of a joke in the first movie where it's like perfection population like 14 or something like that it's something ridiculous like that
1: yeah like that's a great joke i I like i like the idea of that but putting your stakes on it is a bad idea put your stakes in oh no everyone's gonna die not oh no not
4: this town of five people yeah
1: Yeah, because no one will care about it. Like... Uh, how about you have going back to my tourist idea? Just <laughs> have some tourists in there. Oh no! All these tourists are going to get eaten. We need to get them back to safety, sort yeah. of thing. You know that could be better. Yeah, that could be better. It just kind of forgot that tourists were coming in. You know, after the first quarter of the movie, and I thought that was a good plot point. You I know, mean,
2: the movie forgot the government people rocked up as well halfway through the film because they just died off screen.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get forgotten. They got eaten, and then no one cared. <laughs> well, that was kind of an
4: interesting idea half like part of the way through the movie where they're they're saying you can't kill the graboids because it's an endangered species and bert's like really like seriously this is what we're doing yeah and then the government people get eaten and then that subplot's completely tossed out the window sort of until the end where uh where bert is like nope we got this graboid here he's our new best friend uh he's our, our guard dog so you can't just you know you can't build uh your your community on on uh, on Perfection's land and all that. So, I I thought that was kind of a good, I, I kind of a, a funny idea in the middle of the movie, and then they just kind of like, nah, we don't need that. Let's just go back to what we were
1: doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's very strange. They just abandon plot lines, and it's it. This movie is so. The reason it feels so slow is because it keeps stop starting. Yeah, exactly. It has action. It goes a little crazy, and then it stops, and we go back to the. You know, chilling out for a while. And then it starts back up again. You you have like, oh shit, here's the tremors again. But then it just stops and all the tension just fades. And after a while you just like, well, I don't feel tension because I know in like five, ten minutes it's got to be over, you know? It's, yeah. And
2: in the first one... Uh, it's like an actual monster movie. The tension is there the whole time. (laughs) So, yeah. You know, like there's like half an hour when they're just hanging out on the top of a building because that's the only least safe place. They're not like, oh, the tremor's gone. We can get down now, which is what they do in this movie. They're like, no, we've got to stay up there the whole time. Because, yeah, it's just more scarier. I don't know.
4: I like, I like Zach's idea, like the tourist angle and what they should have done is had perfection is this big tourist attraction have like, you know, the 10th anniversary of the, the first attack of the first sighting of Graboids or whatever and have all these tourists in town and then have like the Graboids emerge from the from the ground sort of creating sort of a, like a moat or sort of a canyon situation around the town. So now they're all trapped in perfection and have to find a way out. Like, I think something like that, that like, I, I think we we already we already fixed this movie. Trapped in perfection. <laughs> trapped in perfection. Uh, I think it's like, it needed something like that. Other yeah. than it's just, oh, there's a different kind of creature.
1: Same Same as the other time, rinse and repeat. The ability to track the monster took all the tension out of it because the best parts of the film were, was where you didn't know the monster was nearby and then it suddenly popped out. Like, like there was no tension because it's like, oh, we know where the monster is, what's it's doing sort of thing. Yeah. Like, get rid of that whole aspect of the movie and it became a lot better because it's like, all right, we can come down now because the monster's away. We know that it's away. Instead of, okay, quietly come down now, it might have gone away, you know? Because yeah. that still keeps the tension. It's still like... Is one of them going to be attacked? And then you can have more surprised attacks.
4: It's like, imagine the the Quiet Place movies. If they're like, oh, there's no monsters here. Crank it up. <laughs> yeah. The music up, just like, hey. exactly. Yeah, it's like, oh, we're all good. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah. It's but true. it's also like, I think the movies are trying to demonstrate, hey, Bert has learned from previous experience. Yeah. And he knows how to, tr- but it's also, but... Yeah, you're undercutting yourself, movie.
2: Yeah, which is why, like, all the best horror franchises... Well, the ones that work as franchises, like Friday the 13th is probably the best example because, I mean, they're not the best movies, but it's consistently maybe the best horror franchise because it's new cast every single time. (laughs) And therefore, they've got to learn it all over again. Whereas, you know, if it's like... Oh, no, Laurie Strode's going up against Myers again. It's the final film. Oh, I can't wait for this.
1: Oh, what's going to happen? Oh.
4: Halloween's going to end? Oh, no, really?
1: Uh, I think Burt could have been done better, but, like, I still think he could have been prepared. He could have had his radar. He could have had his thing. But, like, throughout the movie, everything goes wrong for him. And I felt they just could have done that better with, like, he has his sensor thing to detect it underground. And it just gets, like, you know, it gets smashed. And he's like, oh, shit. It could have just been a running joke that whenever he pulls out a new gadget to defeat something, like, he's prepared for it, it just instantly fails. Yeah. Well, we
2: do get, and I instantly wrote it down in my notes... So keep an eye out for this particular item, because as soon as he's introduced, he's like, look at my watch. It emits a frequency. And I was like, that's a watch on the mantelpiece. Mm. That's an important thing for later. And yep, turns out the reason why the big dick worm can follow him around everywhere is because uh, it listens to the frequency from that watch. That's not the only thing on the mantelpiece, though. Something else comes back. Jack has got some torn pants And Mindy, she patches up those pants Mm. and we get the quote, I think Jack was expecting you to sew those pants, not tape them. Mm -hmm. And she's like, mum, tape is a total statement. That tape saves the day. That piece of tape on his pants saves the day. That's, that is, that is script writing right there. (laughs) That is how you write a script. It's true. There was another good quote. I think it's from Bert where he's like, "Uh, Jack, if I had an inner voice, it'd be telling me to tell you to get lost.
4: I, I like when he says, uh, I'm a masterpiece of self-destruction. Like, he's got a few lines that are that are pretty solid.
2: Oh, there's one where he's like, is your head up your ass for warmth? <laughs> was <it right? laughs> that, that was a good line. I think I laughed at that one. Uh, but he goes out to fight a grabwood and he gets eaten
1: by one of them. Oh, no. I, I wasn't expecting it. I was like, oh, shit. Okay, he's getting eaten. All right, I'm more on board. There's some stakes in this film now. <laughs> Thank God, you know characters could die in this film
2: no 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 no! you misread the situation zach
1: oh uh, no you see he's the main character oh <laughs> uh, no
2: were, were you
4: aware that he's in the next four movies
1: <laughs> i was not aware that there was four other movies okay so, so were you
4: was there a part of you that was like oh shit Bert just got eaten
1: yeah yeah no 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 i okay. was surprised i was like oh i was expecting this character to be in it for the rest of the film um uh, so i was surprised when he got eaten uh, even more surprised when he radioed in from inside its stomach. <laughs> not sure how that worked.
4: I, I think it's it's pretty clear. I think we're all in consensus that that was one of the standout sequences of this movie, if not the, like, kind of one of the big highlights, like, that whole part. Yeah.
1: It subverted expectations several times.
4: Which is something this movie too rarely does.
1: Yeah. It was also, like, because um,
2: Jack has to, like, get the Graboid to slam into the wall that surrounds Bert's house, and then chainsaw him out of there. It's like the only moment, because the first movie, it's a fairly tame monster movie, but it is still pretty gory. There's a lot of practical gore thrown everywhere, and uh, even the sequel had quite a lot of gore, but this one, um, up until this point, I was like, every single monster is CG, I hate all of this. Can <laughs> we just have some practical stuff, please? And finally, we had him chainsawing into it, gauze going everywhere. Yeah. That was a really good moment. Yeah.
1: And it felt tense, because there was stakes involved. Mm. There was a guy in the stomach, and he needed to, like, chainsaw him out before he ran out of air. Like, there was a bit of tension. It was a bit of action. Um, and I love how long it took for him, like... Because he keeps going on the walkie-talkie. What should I do? What should I do? And he's like, oh, grab the grab the car, go to my place. Okay, is that all? What should I do once I do that? And I'm like, get in your fucking car and go! <laughs> the man's fucking got limited oxygen. Just hurry the fuck up. It was great. I loved it.
2: But yeah, uh, now... And now they're like, oh no, we've all got to run from them. There's a bunch of other characters who join them. It's uh, it's it's Bert, it's Jack, it's uh, uh oh I've I've forgotten her name, but she's in a lot of the movie. Uh,
1: Jody, Jody, yeah, can really show how invested we are in the characters. You know, there was some other characters. They were there. They were there. She's the
4: niece of uh the the shop owner Walter from the first one.
1: I liked the farmer. He was he was quite good. I liked when he was on screen. So they're all like, "Oh, we got to
2: stay up on the rock to avoid the graboid," because because our car's been destroyed. Yeah, and we get this. What I like to think is a running joke, but I think the movie sincerely meant it to be emotional moments. But I took it to be a, a running joke, which was um, Jack and Jody. Whenever they are like alone. And they have a conversation. This, like, sad piano music starts to play. And every time it started, I just started laughing. Because it was so funny... Um, like, she's like, yeah, I never look at the stars. And he's like, you don't look at clouds or the sky. And it's like meant to be a really emotional moment, but it just feels like a parody scene from something. It was great. And then it happens again later as well. The same piano song starts to play when they start talking on their own. It is very funny, but I don't think it was meant to be
1: an intentional joke. It was, it was very forced romance. That's for sure. I like how they're going out to, like, hunt these things, you know? They're all prepared. They grab all these guns and stuff, and immediately they're just foiled because they got snuck up on by, uh, you know, a little tremor boy, yeah. a, little, a little white penis over here. He comes up and smashes <laughs> their car, you know? And like, oh, shit, we fucked up. To get out of that
2: situation, they get Mindy to play rock music over the walkie-talkie mm. to distract... The Graboid. Uh, But the thing is, they can't actually afford the rock song. So they play, like, four seconds of it. And then immediately switch to, like, generic early 2000s electro (laughs) music. Which was uh, quite funny as well. But yeah, then we see that, oh no, the Shriekers, they have... uh, Because there's a big group of Shriekers. They're going to go eat all the cattle, so they got to kill them. Before they eat the cattle and multiply. But they see that the Shriekers have turned into, into something else. Now, Robert, were you aware that there was a thing called an ass blaster in this movie before you started watching it? I was. I was
4: aware. I had heard that, that there were creatures called ass blasters, and then in preparation for watching this for this episode, I was like, oh, this is the one with the ass blasters. Cool. Mm-hmm. But I did not know that they were literally blast from their ass. <laughs> uh, I didn't know how literal, how literal that name would apply <laughs> until I watched the film.
0: Yeah, what what did you
2: think when you see the ass blaster and it just takes off into the sky?
4: <laughs> I have no, I had zero expectation. In the movie, they 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 remarked that ass blaster sounds like a porno film, and that is <laughs> yes. that is
1: that is true. <laughs> that was quite funny.
4: But it's like I I don't I had no idea what to expect, but I did not expect like a winged mini graboid slash shrieker. That literally, like, kind of lit its own farts on fire. Basically, is what it seems like. It's just like, and propels from it. So that was uh, that was interesting. I feel like I feel like we're all in a general consensus that the addition of shriekers and ass blasters and whatever else they came up with, it was probably a bad move because it, it makes these things feel. Less scary and more ridiculous. Yeah.
1: The, the, the thing, I feel like they utilized poorly in that aspect. Because I feel like you could make those work better if it was, like, more... If you lean more into the horror aspect of, like, oh, shit, they... Like, what can they evolve into? What can they do? Like, at one point, one of the ass blasters, like, starts melting the door. Oh, that was cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's a cool thing. It's like, oh, shit, it can do this. We don't see how it's doing that. I imagine it's pointing its ass at the door and just, like, slowly farting on it or something. Yeah. Which would have been a funny image. Yeah. Or, or maybe they can, like, breathe fire, like, give it some aspects, you know, utilize these this fire ability a bit more. All they really do is, as you said, like, restart the whole, like, oh, no, it's this new monster. How do we defeat it sort of thing? They just restart it every time, which is just how they use it, which could have been utilized better. Also, don't use CGI. Stop it. <laughs> I see you going to use CGI. Stop it. We see one that gets like impaled on a fence, and then it like they move it off and its guts go. That was great because it was all some practical guts. Yeah,
2: there's like one practical ass blaster prop that they use throughout the movie every now and then
1: for like close ups, and it's really good. Mm. It's really good. Yeah, it's really good. And and it only makes the CGI look worse, (laughs) which sucks. I will applaud
2: them though on their tasteful use. Of the ass blasters, there's no <laughs> obnoxious fart noises.
4: Not, yeah, I was going to say, not a phrase I expected to hear
2: uh, in this recording. The tasteful use of the ass blasters. Like, no, like, giant fart noise every time they took off. It was uh, it was actually kind of <laughs> realistic. It was like a slight release of gas, and then they're off in the air.
4: Is that... See? I almost would argue they should have leaned more into the ridiculousness. Like, it's if you if you're not gonna be scary then be re- then then like make it ridiculous. They'll just make it a full-on comedy.
2: Oh, they go to Bert's hideout and the ass blasters melt the door and then they're like, oh we gotta blow up the whole thing because if they eat all the food they'll multiply, but turns out no, if they eat food they fall into a coma and then give birth to a worm.
1: Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> this seems pretty good because they go in and they're like, haha, this is all graboid proof, and then they're like But is it ass blaster proof? And then, boom, ass blaster shows up. They go into the panic room, which is full of food, which would be good if they couldn't melt the door. And then, of course, they blow it all up. And it turns out all that food would have actually been good because they go into a coma. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And it's like this comedy of errors sort of thing.
4: Yeah.
2: But the explosion looked really good. What didn't look good was uh, the pieces of fallen rock from the explosion Mm. were so obviously styrofoam. (laughs) It was very funny. But yeah, they're like, we need to make a potato gun. They're like, if only we had guns, we could blow up these things because they got gas in them. So we just didn't need to ignite it and they'll explode. And one of them is like, well, a potato gun. And Bert's like, oh, no, I never made one of those. I converted my BB
1: gun to a full auto by the age of eight. or something. Yeah, yeah,
2: of course he did.
1: Up to that point, great seed because they have them going to this junkyard to hide from the ass blasters, but then they get discovered sort of thing, and they and they go over their options. They're like, oh, we could stay in here, and and Bert's like, no, after a while, our body heat will heat this up too much, and oh, yeah. they'll see us. They'll
4: see us, yeah.
1: And and then they say, oh, we could run for it, and he's like, nah, we'll just get at." Eh. So they're like, oh, we have no options, and then they go, oh, let's build these PB guns. So for doing that, they run around, which is what they said they couldn't do two seconds ago, because they just get out But edged. you
2: see, this time they need to do it, and therefore they can. Yeah. You see? It's
1: never-ending story rules. And then the Billy Hill theme plays as they go... <laughs> as they just go around collecting pipes and other ingredients to build these potato guns. Yeah. The monsters just give them half an hour to fix these up so they can have the final fight scene and it's very bizarre.
2: But when they eventually do make the flaming arrows, uh the explosions are cool. It's a like that's an okay scene where they're blowing them all up and yeah, it's 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 kind of fun.
4: No, I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool. I like that the watch came back into play. Yes. I like that uh that they set that up and that it actually had a purpose and that they uh it's 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 weird how el blanco becomes sort of their they like uh Godzilla figure they're like it's a monster but he fights for us yeah kind yeah. of thing um, <laughs> where it's it's very much it felt very much like uh Jurassic World where the the T-Rex is the villain sort of but then becomes the hero Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it, you know they use that to kind of have the El Blanco kind of take out the final ass blaster? I thought that was pretty. Uh, that that's you know that's never that's never an unsatisfying turn when that happens. So no, ha- seeing some monster on monster action, I think in this film was pretty fun.
2: Although the um the special effect of like the graboid coming out of the ground and like the ground hole itself also being CG mm, yeah. was uh, <laughs> was was something
1: else.
4: Yeah, well. Well, we've already we've already touched on the the visual effects in this movie.
1: What are you saying? The CGI was bad? Of course not. Never. They they had some close ups in that scene though, where it was like practical, and you could see like the blood coming off the ass blaster as it's being at. Also cannibalism. <laughs> Pretty rough out there for a uh, tremor.
2: But yeah, and then the f- movie ends. We finally uh, get a long scene with Melvin. So, Melvin's the kid from the first movie who sabotages a bunch of things. Uh, he's grown up to be the real estate guy who's trying to sell the land to potential buyers.
1: I had a I had a feeling he was an important character, but I had no idea who the fuck this guy was <laughs> other than the main character didn't like him.
4: He was an annoying little shit in the first movie, and he fulfills the same purpose here, basically.
1: Nice. Now he's an annoying big shit in this movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: exactly. And Bert's like, oh, you see, you can't build anything here because as long as I've got the big white worm following my truck around, this is protected land. Ha
1: ha. I was really hoping Bert would just murder him with the the worm at the end there.
4: I'm sort of surprised it didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: That would have been a more satisfying, like, oh shit, Bert's fucking crazy. (laughs) He'll fucking murder a dude (laughs) if he fucks with him.
4: El El Blanco will protect their town as long as we just feed him
1: yeah oh shit that's dark as fuck <laughs> but that's pretty
2: much all tremors 3 is it's a very simple plot some fun moments that we've kind of gone over uh all up in in our very binary rating system between an oldie and a goodie i'll go to you first robert what do you think is this an oldie or a goodie
4: i think this is an oldie i think if you've seen the first tremors you've already seen the best of the franchise and you probably don't need to go on unless you're a hardcore Tremors fan, and I've discovered recently there are many <laughs> of them, and you just you just will, are are desperate for anything, any more graboid uh, action, and and more of these characters, especially Burt Gummer. As we've gone into, uh, I I don't really think as a a normie, a non Tremors fanatic, I don't think you needed good more than the first film. So this was a fun watch, but I'm not gonna say it's something I would necessarily revisit on the regular i do think the first one has some uh, you know rewatchability and is legitimately fun and well well put together for what it is so yeah
2: definitely and this is also coming from someone who has a podcast all about franchises so that's
4: true if you're like i saw the first one it was fine then you're probably good but if you saw the first one and you're like my life is forever changed are there more of these <laughs> what there's six more cameras <laughs> yeah. films. i need these in my life then yeah. you know that's
1: that's your business Unless you have posters on the wall and, like, a graboid-shaped bed, uh, (laughs) a plushie. Exactly.
2: (laughs) I wonder if that exists. Graboid uh, bed sheets. Let me have a look. Oh, I
4: wouldn't be surprised.
2: But, yeah, uh, one oldie there, and that does exist. I just looked it up. It does exist. Uh, Zach, what are you going to give it? Oldie or a goodie?
1: I'll probably give it an oldie as well. It doesn't help that I didn't see the first two before watching this, (laughs) so I had barely any context for these characters that I... Didn't really care about to begin with. Um, followed followed up by some some pretty poor CGI and a rough bus ride. <laughs> I feel like this this wasn't the best representation of uh, this franchise. Uh, I was more disappointed because I feel like there's a lot you could do with these things that is just. They're just not exploring. Yeah. So I'm gonna go watch the first one and say this one's an oldie.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna give this one an oldie yeah. too. I reckon, Robert, you'd also say the first one is a goodie. Yeah. Uh, like how I would. But what would you say for the second one though? Actually, what would you rate that?
1: Mm.
4: I think that honestly, I think that's probably an oldie as well. I yeah. think it's Oof. it it's it's fine, but it doesn't feel. None of them feel necessary, and not that necessarily any sequels really feel necessary, but I feel like the first one has the most... It has the best use of of these characters and that that creature, and that it's just kind of like diminishing returns in every, every sequel that comes after.
2: Yeah,
1: definitely. There must be a similar franchise with a monster that is better, that does this better, right?
2: Uh, well the first one that comes to mind is jaws and those sequels don't work
4: <laughs> as far as like as far as like creatures features I like I'm thinking of you know and this is just in the last couple of decades like Lake Placid oh, yeah. or anaconda mm-hmm. which they did a crossover with actually that I haven't seen I've seen the first anaconda but that's pretty much it uh, so I have no idea whether those sequels are, are fun or, or worthwhile whatsoever but uh that's kind of yeah I
1: feel like if you liked the first movie you could go and find something similar that wasn't part of this franchise to enjoy. Right. Yeah, that, that is true.
0: Hello, my name is Brucker Nurse, and I want to tell you about my fun horror movie podcast called Autopsy of a Horror Movie. On my show, I like to have fun dissecting out what makes a horror movie scary, what worked for it, what didn't, what types of fears does it play off of? Is it an allegory for any sort of message? I don't know, but let's find out. Also, I like to watch slashers. I'm a big slasher guy, so... I'll watch a slasher and do a kill grade for it. I will cover the kills and I will tell you how I would grade it based on shock, method, style points, and a fourth category that is a reflection of the movie. Besides those, I'll have fun with special topic episodes, commentary tracks, interviews with guests, including some shutter directors, so I just like to have a fun time over here. If any of this sounds interesting to you or you just want to come check me out, please! head over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere they listen to podcasts and search for Autopsy of a Horror Movie. Also, be sure to find me on Instagram, at Brucker Horror, where you get fun updates and some cool little posts that I do. Thanks for listening, and I hope that you get to enjoy this show, and I'll see you on Instagram. Bye.
2: But anyway, uh, there we go. 3 oldies right there for Tremors 3. Let's come up with the cuz there's plenty of sequels, but as you mentioned, I mean there's the Anaconda Lake Placid crossover, but there's no Tremors crossover with with another movie. And it's ripe. I mean, the movie opens with a joke about Alien versus Predator. It's like there's the Graboid comic, there's the Shrieker comic, there's the Graboid versus Shrieker comic. <laughs> so, what we need is we need Tremors versus another movie we've done on the podcast. Uh, I'm going to find that movie thanks to a random number generator, which has given me episode number 43. Okay, 43. Uh, so crossover between Tremors and the movie from that episode. Oh, uh, oh, uh, uh, oh, uh oh, <laughs> oh. Uh, episode number forty-three is a movie called The Road to Wellville. Oh my god! Oh,
1: oh my
2: god! Which uh, was about
1: it, it was about Mister mm. Kellogg. Yeah. And his sanitarium. Oh, that movie was great as well because he was insane. I You didn't like it from memory, but I really did. No, no, no. I, I I don't know if I enjoyed that movie, but it's an insane concept to add to this one. Yeah, true. I,
4: I have not seen The Road to Wellville. I remember when that came out and I remember thinking that looks insane and therefore never watching it, but I've seen the trailer and I can not imagine how the tremors would fit into that. Uh, maybe a tremor just burst into the middle of his sanitarium. I guess and all hell breaks this.
2: Yeah, that, that's kinda what I what I'm thinking, it's like the tremor bursts into the into the sanitarium and it's
1: Dr. Kellogg versus Tremors. I, I'm thinking we go with the cult route. Because the whole thing is, like, Dr. Kellogg's had this cult of health, right? Yeah. So he discovers these new creatures that eat people, and he's like, these are gods, you know? <laughs> we, we should worship these. Like, well, I- it's Dr. Kellogg's cult of the, the, the Graboids, you know? Yeah. He's, like, got eggs in the back room that he takes care of, and he, like, feeds people... <laughs> to them, like that's why he's getting everyone healthy, mm. is so he can feed you Ooh, as a you perfect go. healthy specimen okay. to the graboid. You know, okay, very
2: cure for wellness was at that, that movie. Yeah, that kind yeah, of had a similar twist at the end. So then we kind of need like two because ca- in the first one it's like Matthew Broderick and Bridget. Bond are a married couple going to the, the sanitarium and then bad stuff happens to them we need uh some similar characters to kind of go to this place and they are played by kevin bacon and fred ward it's like older; of it's it's their ancestors their ancestors go to uh the sanitarium there you go the, the tremors of wellville that's the name of that movie Ooh, <laughs> there you go yeah. that's a good name that is let's do some b- 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 reviews <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's time for r- 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 raving reviews it's the part of the show where I go to Rotten Tomatoes to get some of the some of the reviews but not from the critics who uh, clearly there was just like five of them so that wouldn't have gone well but from the audience whoa the uh, the way this works is because there's two of you um I'm going to tell you guys a review. And you guys both have to guess what score they gave this Mm. um, from 0.5 to 5. Now, the twist is this time that I've written one of these reviews. So there's an extra point if you can guess which one was my review. Tori says, watch this with my son. We both enjoyed it. And that's the review. Okay. um... (laughs) That's
2: the review.
4: I will say four out of five. I feel like the average audience member enjoyed it, but not loved it. Is like a four. It, it feels like a four to me.
2: I want to know if watching this was Tori's idea or the son's idea. That's what I want to know. Because if it was the son's idea, then I feel like Tori would probably go for a three. Uh, whereas if it was the mum's idea, she's probably a fan and would and would go, as you mentioned, um, for the four. So I'm going to go for that three on this
1: one. I'll go three. (laughs) You think the son just dragged their mum into watching this (laughs) random thing. It's like, oh, hey, look, I like it when the person gets eaten. Yes, I I talk like Yoda. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Apparently she's in her late 60s. Uh, It was four out of five. Four out of five. Hell yeah. So uh, Robert getting the first point on the board. Very nice. Well done. You were quite right. Cool. Thank you. Aaron said, if you really liked Burt, then this sequel is probably for you. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a good
4: thing or a bad thing. I mean, I think it can go both ways.
2: You know what? Maybe that's why this has got a cult following. Like, people who are quite right-wing <laughs> are like, finally, a monster franchise for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Great. That could be. That could be it. I'll, I'll guess... Oh, uh, this person might, well, oh, there's no, like, opinions in the review, it's just you will enjoy this if you like Bert. so maybe- that's just,
4: a, that's just a fact.
2: Yeah, maybe, yeah, this person doesn't like the fact that Bert became a main character and therefore doesn't like this movie, so I'm gonna say it gets a 2 out of 5.
4: I'm gonna go 2.5.
1: Ooh, 2.5, you're trying to edge it out, you're hoping they enjoyed it a little bit more, huh? I think so. Unfortunately, Sandro was right. It a's. is two out of five. Two out of five. Griffins. <laughs> you want to say that again? Griffins. There's a Z <laughs> yeah. on the end, not an S. Is, you got to go. Griffins. How how many yep. Z's? Just a one, or multiple Z's? Just one. Just one. Okay. But I really wanted to put the emphasis on it. You know. Okay. Got it. No. As, as a it. Zach, I like I like to represent my Z's. <laughs> I say Zach. That's how I say my name. You do
2: say that, which is why I introduced the show, because it would take way too yeah, long. Yeah, I'm not it. allowed
1: to do it anymore. <laughs> Today we have me, Zach, and Sandra on the show. Sandra's name starts with a Z now. You normally don't see this. Critics giving a higher score than the viewers. I mean, you do, yeah. but not for trash. <laughs> yeah.
2: You do for, like, arty movies. It's yeah. usually the critics are higher than the audience. Is like, this isn't a
1: new thing, zzzz <laughs> person. It's Griffin's. Come on. Griffin's. <laughs> so, Robert, what do you think?
4: <laughs> Again, I don't... If <laughs> his, That's not an opinion in, in one way or another. It's just like, oh, it's an observation as a review. Um, I'll just go right down the middle and do... Th- let's do... Th- Three, and hope for the best.
1: <laughs> Three, okay. It's really really all you can do on this show sometimes. Pretty much. Yeah, because it's like, do you agree with the critics? Do you not? Me- uh, to point
2: it out, like, if you're pointing it out, you might be a fan. I'll take that route. I'll go
1: positive. I'll say four. Ah, you're right, Sandra. It was more positive. It's four out of five. Oh, wow. Nice. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, we have Justin, who says... Ass blaster, I hardly knew. <laughs>
4: Fuck. I love that review because I feel like that's something I would have said to my wife. Honestly, because <laughs> I'm all about that kind of, I'm all about that kind of uh, dad joke type type of thing. Yeah. Ooh, I like for the. I'll give four out of five for the review, <laughs> and hope that the person agrees with me because I I appreciate the wordplay.
2: Ah, uh, it's kind of just a blind shot in the dark for this. I'll I'll <laughs> yeah. if you're gonna go positive, I'll say two.
1: Ah, uh, well, it was two. Wow. Oh. Point 0.5. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So, are we going closest gets a point?
2: Uh, we've hit the nail on the head for the last three, so maybe not. I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'll say that. I'll say that. We've been pretty accurate so far. Um, Only so Sandra doesn't get a point. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Noah says, no good without Fred Ward. D plus. Oh.
2: It's a D plus, Pretty rough. Which is what I like to call the worm that looks like a dick. Yeah, it's a yeah. D plus. that worm. <laughs> it's a D plus. Oh, yeah.
4: Talk about perfection.
2: No good without Fred. I mean, if you don't like Fred Ward, then yeah. like Without him, you're feeling the loss. You're down on the franchise.
1: You're giving it a 1.5.
4: I was going to say 1. I'm glad you said 1.5, because I was going to say 1.
1: Oh, well, that was very clearly a 2.5 ah. out of 5. I don't know what you guys are uh, grabbing onto there. Uh, but that was very clearly a 2.5. That's so weird. Now, um, for this final review, I just want to clarify, was Kevin Bacon in this film? No, not this one. Okay, just uh, clarifying. Just clarifying. <laughs> Devin says, good in the, I want to see cheesy monsters eat people in a third sequel to a movie with Kevin Bacon kind of way. What? <laughs> <laughs> Would you like me to repeat the review?
4: That's a lot of qualifiers for, for Tremors 3.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, uh, uh,
2: well, I mean, they're using the word good, mm. so it's probably above 2.5. I'll
1: go 3, I guess. I'll go 2.5. Ah, well, you were correct. It was 2.5. Oh. There you go.
2: Yeah, which puts us both on two points now that was the last review one of them was Zach's and that's yes. going to be the deciding factor I think in this game mm, that is the decider I think I already know which one <laughs> you wrote <laughs> what do you think Robert I think it was the
4: Griffins because he seemed very pleased about the Z <laughs> at the end
1: <laughs> So it was just a bit you know like Sardar was like you want to say that again I'm like no fuck you I'm gonna- (laughs) Emphasizes even more now. It's more out of spite to Sandro than anything.
2: I think it's the "I hardly knew her" review because you make that joke a lot. (laughs) Well, not a lot (laughs) recently. Yeah. Because I was making the joke a bunch, and then you've just started making it. You've picked it up off me, who stopped making the joke. It was that one. (laughs) It was that one. (laughs) It's very. It's a very um a rigged part of the game because obviously (laughs) I'm gonna know. Yeah.
1: I'm going to disqualify you from that point because I said that joke before you did. I'm sure of it.
2: (laughs) Oh, well then it's, uh, if I'm disqualified, then, uh, it's a tie, which means Robert, you know, if you didn't get a tie or win, you don't get to plug your thing, but it is a tie. So you do get to plug your stuff. Where can people hear you? (laughs)
4: Yeah, you can. (laughs) No, thanks guys for having me. Uh, you can find crooked table productions. We have franchise detours, where we believe no movie series travels in a straight line and close watch where we get to know our guests through the movies. They love both of them are on Apple podcasts, Spotify, good pods and other podcatchers and as well as CricketTable.com. Uh, I think so if, so people listen to this in October, we're wrapping up our Muppets mega series on uh, franchise detours. And we're going to be heading into the dark Knight trilogy. Ooh. So uh, people can find that at all the places I mentioned. They can follow me on Twitter at cricket table.
2: Awesome. And I'm on one of those upcoming, I think, Muppet episodes. We did uh, Muppets yeah. in Space. Muppets from Space. Which was uh, a good mm. fun. Fo- oh, no, yes. From Space, not in Space. That it's from. It's from Space.
4: I wish they went to Space. I think we mentioned that on the episode that, like, they should have gone to Space. What's up, Muppets? Come on.
2: Uh, but, no, thank you so much for coming on, for watching three movies for this episode. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It, I mean, it's always a lot of fun when you come by and um, we'll have to do it again. Absolutely. Uh, But if you like this podcast and you want to help us out, it's pretty easy, actually. Just telling friends is uh, how shows grow. So if you've done that, thank you. If you haven't done that, just find a way to be like, hey, do you like ass blasting? (laughs) And your friend will be like, I do. And then you recommend the podcast.
1: Um, (laughs) Obviously. That's the obvious reply to that question.
2: Everything's at oldiebuddygoodypoint. Even emails if you want to email us. And we are on the old Patreon Uh, where Up is... uh, It was meant to be Up last week, but it got delayed to this week. uh, The two-parter,
1: the Disney Animated Bonanza... Oh, boy. Oh, God. I don't even want to know how that podcast went. Yeah,
2: we recorded it. Uh, it, it, it two parts in one evening. It was very long. Um, and, and both parts. are uh, Well, one part's up now. Second part's out on Wednesday. So you can check that out if you want. Very good. Link in the episode description. Uh, now, I've got to make a choice for next week. Um, there's a lot of options, though, I think. So maybe Robert wants to read every second option. Maybe that could be fun.
4: Yeah.
1: Your options. are ah, Bandits. Two bank robbers, one played by Bruce Willis, Mm. falls in love with a girl they've kidnapped.
4: Or you can go with Brotherhood of the Wolf. It's a French period action horror film about a tribe who investigate a mysterious slaughter caused by an unknown creature. Probably not an ass blaster, but who knows? <laughs> I was about to <laughs> no. say,
1: I hope it's an ass blaster.
2: <laughs> that would be- it's probably a werewolf. I mean, going by the name of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, what? What? You never know. Huh? You have to watch it to find out. It's actually an ass blaster named Wolf. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have uh, Corky Romando... Oh, Romano. Close enough. <laughs> a vet is forced by his, a mobster family to infiltrate the FBI and steal evidence. No, I don't think I'm going to pick that one. <laughs> That's fair. No. no,
4: not into Chris Kattan vehicles, I guess. Oh, is that Chris um, <laughs> It is Chris Katan. Chris Kattan and Peter Falk, I think, is in it too. Or, Or you can go with... Halloween Town 2, Calabar's Revenge. Oh. A Disney Channel movie about spells, magic books, Halloween. Not Hocus Pocus, though.
2: Oh, it's not Hocus Pocus, though. Oh, okay.
4: Not Hocus Pocus?
2: Damn it. Halloween Town. Okay, I, I mean, uh, oh, I do want to do one more Disney Channel movie
1: before the year's out. Maybe this is the week. Oh, God. Maybe this is the week. I don't. Uh, We have Mulholland Drive, David Lurz's very normal movie about an actress moving to LA.
2: Ah, yes. That very normal movie by David Lynch That's (laughs) definitely not scary or anything at all. Very normal. No, very normal.
4: Definitely won't traumatize you.
2: No, definitely won't. Um,
4: (laughs) Or Or you can pick... My first Mister, which it's the first of this list that I even I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> uh, a teen becomes friends with a clothing store manager. Oh, uh,
2: which is not a lot to go off of. So yeah, there's that. My first Mister sounds like oh, mm. uh, just something weird's gonna go on
1: there. <laughs> I don't. Ugh. Well, speaking of something weird's gonna go on, it's Scooby Doo and the Cyber Chase. Oh, the gang get trapped. In a video game and have to fight an evil virus.
4: That sounds like a movie that came out in 2001. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, that's the worst 2001 out of all these. Oh, God, what are these new things called video games? Whoa!
2: Whoa. Also, Cyber Chase, uh, pretty good. Uh, I don't think it was Australian, but we got it in Australia, animated kids' show called Cyber Chase.
1: Oh, yeah, I love a Kid. Don't look it up. It's horrifying. Yeah, it's pretty scary now that you look back on it. <laughs> um, well, I'm not picking a
2: lot of those. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you I... can only pick
1: one of them, actually. Oh, That's no. kind of how it works. <laughs> I was
2: going to say. Mulholland Drive, I love that movie doesn't fit our format Mm. and I don't want to rewatch it because it's very scary. So it's between Scooby-Doo and the wolf one for me.
1: Oh boy. Those are good options. For the
2: sake of like, we just did a movie that we didn't have much to say about. I feel like maybe I should pick one that we might have something to say about, which I think is the wolf one. Because like, Scooby-Doo will probably just be like, yeah, it's a Scooby-Doo movie in, in, in a video game. <laughs>
1: They're in a video game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. everyone knows what that's going to be. To be fair, this is the month of horror. We're doing only, only horror movies. Well, right? and the
2: French one is a horror film. And um... Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. With with an arse blaster is the movie. <laughs>
2: exactly. What could go wrong? Let's <laughs> do that. Let's do Brotherhood of the Wolf. I, I always Ooh. pick the arty movies. I'm I'm down for mm. picking an, an arty. Well. I say Artie. It's just French. So who I, knows?
1: I look. I'm looking for a bit more horror. I've got. A, I've got a hankering for a bit of a horror film. We're A bit, you know, lackluster from the last movie. Let's 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 get some real horror in here. Let's let's do it. Yeah, the real horror. The French. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Terrifying.
2: All right, we'll do that next week and wrap it up with the best quote from Tremors Three.
4: I already, I already said that I'm a master of self-destruction, because <laughs> on some level I relate to that, and on the other hand, I'm like, yeah, it sounds, that, that is kind of our, our whole, like we were noting with Bert, he keeps coming prepared and then falling short, and it's like, you know, I, I understand.
2: Coming prepared and falling short? I think there's a pill for that. Oh, <laughs> My favorite quote is uh, when he yells, what kind of supreme being would condone such irony? Which is when he finds out that the ass blesses fall asleep after eating.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was kind of funny. Uh mine's from the best part of the film, which is of course with the tourists, which was the best part of the film. <laughs> where where after their horrific encounter, one of them is like, I expect you to pay for that. Camera? <laughs> all that, all that one where he says, "Is your head up your own ass?" Oh yeah, is your head up your ass for warmth?
4: That's a good one.
2: Ass blaster sounds like one of
1: those porno movies. I liked it when the characters pointed and said, "Hey, that one looks like a huge penis." <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was me. Yeah, you were in the film. It was great. Yeah, amazing. <laughs>